The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This episode talks about suicide. If you or a friend is struggling with suicidal thoughts and needs emotional support, you can call 1-800-273-8255 24 hours a day. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Jamie Brickhouse. Jamie is a writer and storyteller living in New York City. In elementary school, Jamie's two best friends were a student who was a fellow outsider and his teacher. When his teacher told him to stop hanging out with the outsider, he ended that friendship in a way he still thinks about today. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? It's going well, Brian. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks for taking the trek on a Sunday to come over. No problem. I just wish I hadn't gotten on the wrong train, but, <laughs> <laughs> Good but old, I made it here. But yeah. you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and that's what threw me off. I was so engrossed. You got like that, caught yes, up in the story. And I got on the wrong, like, oh, train. wrong train. Well, at least uh, you got a good story out of it. I did, and now yeah. you're here to share your own story. I am. Yeah. What What did you want to talk about today? Uh, I wanted to talk about my. I call him my first boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, and I met him in first grade. Uh, I was precocious. <laughs> um, so I call him Eric Munson. That's not his real name. Uh, and we met, well, I grew up a little bit of background. I grew up where our, our setting rather, um, I grew up in this, uh, medium size, but it felt like a really small town in Texas, Southeast Texas called Beaumont. So we met uh, way back when I was in first grade, like I said, it was back in, the, so that's 1974. And uh, we met, we were both in Mrs. Chambers' class. Um, but I, as I recall, I mean, I'm sure we probably met before that, but I recall us really coming together the way most budding homosexual boys come together, which is far on the sidelines of the playing field during PE <laughs> class. Yeah, like the two kids who don't want to participate and we did bonding. Not, <laughs> yes, exactly. We hated PE and we we sat on the um uh not the monkey bars but the like the long tall bars you know that were just uh, vertical like yeah, you just would climb like up a like a tall like ladder, ladder type like thing. a ladder thing and yeah. we would sit at the top of that. And, you know, I remember him saying, oh, I like your pretty red hair. And because I had this, you know, this copper red hair that, you know, it was my mother's pride and joy. And so therefore I was proud of it. And and I liked his 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 light blue eyes. He had this these um uh blue eyes, unlike any I'd ever seen before. I mean, I was only six, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they were like the color of Mrs. Chambers were always wore this aquamarine ring in class and and they were that color of uh, of light blue. And he was also um uh very a uh, white blonde or what they called a towhead. Um Okay. Yeah, which I thought was an ugly name for someone yeah, so pretty, yeah. <laughs> you know, cuz and he was tall for his age. He was really tall and he had um he and I he had like light wispy blonde hair on his arm, you know, almost like a like, like a man, which I I don't I don't I didn't think in those I mean I wasn't thinking to myself wow that's sexy but in hindsight I'm like I was I was yeah you're turned on by version that. of sexy yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that was so um so there was an there was a physical attraction that I mean I don't again I wouldn't have been able to articulate that then or I wouldn't have said that um but there was just this immediate um 
you know, like we had, we, we were in the same tribe. We understood each other. There was an immediate um, uh, language, you know, we spoke the same language. And I remember we were sitting at the top of that climbing ladder thing and we would discuss our very favorite episodes of Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it sounds like you, I mean, you might be too young for Bewitched, but... My um, mom watched a lot of Bewitched on like Nick at Night or whatever. Right. Like it was something that I have seen a lot of yeah. for me not being the age that that came on at all. Like, right. I've, I've Even me, it was, I was at the, it was, I think it was still on in my early childhood, but then it was, but I really watched it mostly in reruns, yeah, which were constant it, yeah. at that time. So it's this 1960 sitcom um, uh, about a beautiful blonde witch, Samantha, played by Elizabeth Montgomery. And so the whole sitch is that she wants to be a normal American housewife and she doesn't want to use her magical powers. And, yeah. And her husband, Darren, doesn't want her to either. But of course, she always does. <laughs> and um, and then there is her uh, uh, meddlesome drag queen of a mother, Endora. Yeah. Yeah. She's and Endora was... And well, she was like a drag queen, and yeah, I mean, she had this flaming red hair that was teased up into big sausage curls, and her her sky blue eyeshadow perfectly matched her sky blue long flowing chiffon gown, and uh, and of course she was disdainful of of Samantha's choice to live a mortal life yeah. in America. She's like, oh, you know, why would you want to do that? <laughs> Which also is kind of gay because you know it's like, why do you want to live this blah normal life when you can be fabulous and go yeah. to and, and and shop and and have lunch in paris one you know <laughs> at lunch and then you know uh see a uh a show in london that you know that evening and exactly why who would you know why do you want to be <laughs> making pot roast instead so he and i loved bewitched and we we uh um uh, you know we just talk ad nauseum uh, about it and then pretty soon we started playing Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fun, like, no, no, like, cops and robbers and cowboys and Indians. It was like Bewitched. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, and normally you would think that we would fight over who would be the star, who would be yeah. Samantha. But I was Samantha and it was and it was no fight because he was so homosexually advanced. He played in Dora. Yeah, he had the range for that. At, oh at six. yeah, <laughs> yes, he could perfectly mimic a drag queen gestures as he would cast spells with a tornado of whirling arms and sucked in cheeks and arched eyebrows. Vroom, you know, and he was just amazing. And for the most part, Darren didn't exist it, when we played yeah, Bewitched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got rid of Darren, and then we we traversed the world. Yeah, you, you know, were going we went on to the lunch adventures in Paris, that, and we went to London yeah, at night. And we she went, had not know, been married, and exactly chose the we suburban were like, life. Forget Darren. <laughs> so you know, we had this this amazing. I like I said earlier I felt like I found someone who spoke the same language as I and we understood each other in a way that I had never felt before um with with any of my other friends um other than girls because I was most of my other friends were girls yeah and um and there was this I think there wasn't a a, a a physical attraction, a sexual attraction, or, you know, a pre-sexual attraction, whatever you want to call it. I don't think we ever, I don't know that we ever kissed, but Eric and I also love to talk on the phone in the evenings, and we'd have long phone conversations, and we would just kind of imitate our mother's conversations, you know, like Eric would say something like, well, now, honey, I'm not going to be at bridge tomorrow, so don't you (laughs) let the other girls talk trash about me. I would say, oh, girl, you know I've got your back. You know I'm going to take care of you. And... When I, whenever I uh, um, hung up, I always ended the conversations the same way. And I would say, well, 
let me let you go, which was how my mother ended her phone conversations. And it was really she who wanted to be let go. Yeah. So it's the Southern way of yeah, dropping yeah, yeah. somebody. Being like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, we so we, we played all the time, um, Bewitched and other stuff and got together after school and... Um, oh, and, but during school, so in Mrs. Chambers class and Mrs. Chambers, she, she felt like she faltered. She was known for, for, uh, all her, I don't know, for having a classroom that was a beehive of creativity. Like she loved, she was proud of that. And she was kind of known for that, that she was, she was different than the other teachers. She was, she was, uh, had a lot of money um she was married to i think a, a lawyer um or maybe a doctor and she also lived uh in a mansion um in, out in the country that was back in the woods and you know which i thought was very exciting and i got to stay there because she and i had the same birthday <laughs> and so she had me out with, to stay one weekend with her her and her family i mean she was Wait, she invited you over for your joint birthday or just yes. separately that's really funny like, <laughs> i mean she had a son that was a, about okay. my age or either a year ahead yeah, yeah, or yeah. a year behind behind so uh, although not in that school um yeah like you were friendly with their family like i wasn't really actually i was friendly with her but i mean there was someone for me yeah you had like okay you're gonna hang out with my son for the week but i loved it like we lived in this modest ranch burger and then she was in this grand yeah like southern mansion with the you know the four columns across and red brick and and a swimming pool and um, yeah she's both this person that you look up to just the way who she is as a person but then she's living this life that you also kind of want this grand life Yeah. yeah yeah um and she didn't have to work, um, but she just loved teaching so much and loved doing it. And, and, and she had all kinds of different, you know, uh, creative activities and stuff. But even during coloring time in the afternoon, you know, she would suggest that we, you know, m- write a little poem to, to go with our, our uh, what, what, whatever you were drawing. What our picture was yeah. or, or maybe a little story. And so during this session, sometimes Eric would, would make me love poems. You know, it said something like, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, your red hair is pretty, and so are you. And and Mrs. Chambers adored me. I mean, I was kind of her, her pet, and, and I loved her. I mean, she, she liked me and was as enamored with me and my red hair as Eric was. And uh, my feelings for her were mutual. I mean, she had this big personality and a bubble of brunette hair and bright makeup that was punctuated by frosted pink lips and she was like a movie star to me and i remember showing her one of one of uh eric's love poems and when i showed it to her she didn't like all just you know gush and goon like she did over anything that i showed her she just looked at it and she cocked her head to the side well now isn't that something and you know there and i was like hmm and I thought, oh, I wonder if she doesn't like, think it's as great as I do. So I'm thinking, let's see, in second, and I don't remember if Eric and I, I don't think we were in, the, we had the same teacher in second grade um, or in third, and I know we didn't in third grade, um, but, you know, we remained friends and, you know, and, and the Bewitched continued on. And then I uh, would stay after school I think my mother started to work, and so uh, that might have been why I stayed after school more often. And I would be Mrs. Chambers' little helper, okay. like when I was so, uh, um, you know, in second and third grade. 
And, you know, and I would, and I felt special about that because, you know, um, uh, I would help her grade papers. I mean, I, I mean, she was making the grades, yeah. but I mean, I would put the marks on, you know, she would say, put a check plus on this or put a, you know, smiley face on that. Or, and at that point, she's no, is, she's no longer your teacher. Was she like your teacher in one grade or? Right. She was just my first grade yeah. teacher. And then now I'm in second and yeah, third. So you get to still spend time with this person that you would like. Right. And in first I feel like and... I'm, I, and I liked being, that was another thing about me. I was, I was more comfortable being around adults i was more interested in being <laughs> yeah. around adults yeah, than, yeah, yeah. than kids my own age um which was another great thing about eric because i i, I was not bored by him yeah he didn't we, feel like yeah a regular kid that you were bored of exactly yeah. exactly and with her um i also felt like a confidant you know she would she would she would also gossip. Yeah, you, know. you get some. You get some I, of the school gossip. Yeah, I would her. get that, or she would talk about. Well, you know, Travis is not. Um, you know, he has a problem with attention, and you know, and he can't focus. But now Kathleen is my star student, just like you were, and uh, you know. So I loved being. I love those afternoon sessions with just the two of us and the the hum of that the the, the buzz of the air conditioner and the smell of her perfume and of Crayolas and you know and just. Uh, feeling like I was special, um, you know, and and like I said, Eric and I, you know, are we're continuing to hang out all the time. And I remember one of those afternoons, she called me over to her desk and she said, "Jamie, I want to have a little talk with you." And I loved little talks with big people, so <laughs> I remember running over to her desk and. You know, I sat at the chair on the side of her desk and she looked down at me and she said, do you know what a sissy is? And I just kind of froze up and I, 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 my eyes focused on her frosted pink lips as she said sissy. And I don't know if I actually knew or if I just intuitively knew. I mean, I probably had heard the word. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, uh, yeah, I think so. And she said, well, Eric might be one. And other boys might think you're one, too, if you hang around him too much. Ugh. And, and then she said, maybe you should take a little break from him for a while. Oh, and then man. she ruffled my red hair and winked at me. And she said, just something to think about. And I don't know. I, I, I can't r remember, like, what I... What actually went through my mind between that conversation and between the next times I saw Eric? Yeah. But every time I saw Eric after that conversation, I kept making up excuses for why I couldn't come out and play. And um, and I think in my mind, I thought I had to choose um, between him and her. And it was also, and maybe I've, you know, again, I don't know if I was able to formulate the idea in my head at the time. But maybe I felt like I couldn't afford to have him as a friend, that I couldn't be thought of as a sissy, even though I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also just a, such a tough thing in that scenario because it's like those are sort of the two most important people in your life at that point. Or like right, two other of the than most my parents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like these two friendships. And yeah, you had that moment of being of being closer with adults and you're probably taking more stock in what she's saying than... Yeah, what who Eric is, and you just put a lot of weight on her saying that to you, and then how that would be your identity too, I guess, and just put a lot in that one little phrase, and yeah, then it changes the way your whole dynamic is with Eric. Yeah, and it and it, I guess, it made me feel 
to be to use a child term i felt icky about it yeah and and i don't know how many times i put him off but i remember the last time i saw him and this i do remember it vividly i i remember standing in my doorway and the front door and him standing on the front porch and I had told, you know, another lame excuse lie of why I couldn't come out and play. I think to, uh, to that I, I, t- I think I told him I was going to be playing Cowboys and Indians <laughs> with the other boys down the street. Yeah. And, you know, many of the other times he would protest. He was like, oh, is that, you know, well, how about later? Or can't, you know, blah, 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 every time. And this time he didn't protest. And he just said, okay. And his aqua blue eyes were moist. And, and then I said, uh, well, to break the, the awkward, icky moment, I said the only thing I could think of to say, which was, well, let me let you go. Yeah. 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 Cause it had just been, you, who knows how many he, times, but it had just been hearing that excuses that you've been making up so much where you're like, okay, where he was like, okay, I thought we were friends, but I can only yeah. hear this so many times before I can't do this to myself anymore. Yeah. And keep putting myself, oh man, that's tough. And after I said, let me let you go, he got on his bike and he pedaled away. And I remember that night uh, watching, because the, the reruns of Bewitch came on when they were, uh, when they were, when they were on, they were every weeknight at 6.30. Okay. And, and I remember they came on and then door up, you know, boom, popped onto <laughs> the screen with their tornado of arms and sucked in cheeks and arched eyebrows and and I felt really, I don't know, sad. And, yeah, and and weird and icky. And uh, right around that time, my um, in fact, yeah, that we were my my mother uh, bought was had become a realtor and was making more money than my father. And um, actually, no, she did that later. But anyway, we uh, bought a new house um uh in another neighborhood across town okay and so in the middle of my third grade year and so we moved uh we moved away and and i changed school districts so i didn't see eric or mrs chambers anymore and um and i was glad about moving to that bigger better house you know which yeah. had four which had four bedrooms and two and a half baths and an attached two car garage you know and all yeah, that yeah, i was yeah. you know um all that american suburbia um uh, status <laughs> yeah stuff <laughs> crap and uh so that's third grade and then junior high i.e puberty um i had an epiphany <laughs> that mrs chambers was right eric was a sissy and so am i yeah <laughs> and so i and this time, I it was it was definite sexual feel. I was like, like I know he yeah, is, and I a- know, I, and I know what I am, and I want to. I'm ready to do something about it. And I rode my bike to his house and rang the doorbell, and a strange man answered. And I was like, oh, maybe it's his father because I'd never really seen the father. And I said, "Is Eric home?" And he looked at me, and said, "Who?" I said, "Eric, Eric Munson." Oh, the Munsons. No, they moved to Oklahoma years ago. And I was too late. Yeah. Oh, man. Because it was probably what, like four years later or something, at least at that point. And you just had this moment of like, oh, I want to 
try to write this wrong. Sixty-seven. Um, even maybe three years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to write the wrong, and also wanted to, you know, pick up and <laughs> let's take it to the next level. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, see. not only write this yeah. wrong, but actually like get to enjoy yeah. this person in this new way. And yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and. So, you know, right. And I, I was I was too late. I couldn't say I was sorry. I couldn't be friends with him again. I couldn't maybe be boyfriends or yeah. you know, who knows. And, um, you know, so the years uh, uh, roll on and um, and I actually I, and I, I accepted that I was gay pretty early on, like from that time. I mean, I didn't come out. I came out to some friends when I was in high school. But I didn't come out to my parents or publicly and uh, until my freshman year in college, which still for my generation was fairly early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I had, you know, I was out and 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 enjoying my, you know, sissyhood. I mean, Eric, you know, Eric was, you know, um, was sissy fabulous, you know, from first grade. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was, you know, um, growing into my sissy fabulousness. And... Ah, uh, and drinking, you know, was a big, uh, I, I started drinking in high school and then a lot in, in college and, and, and drugs and were peppered in there as well. And, and, and enjoying, you know, being an adult and, and, and being gay and, and uh, having boyfriends and having hookups and, and all that. And, and then I went to New York, um, and I left Texas behind, um, to lead my own sissy fabulous life, <laughs> <laughs> which was great for, you know, for, for many years. I mean, I got into publishing and, and got a boyfriend and had a lot of hookups <laughs> also. And, you know, a lot more booze and a lot more drugs and a lot more booze, and a lot more drugs. And uh, I don't know, I guess I was in, I'd been in New York for 16 years. And then the, you know, then the, 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 the fabulous, wasn't so great anymore because of me. I I thought I needed a lot of the alcohol and drugs, you know, to be fabulous or to or, or to make um to make something fabulous. Yeah, you thought this is the formula to yeah. be fabulous. Yeah. yeah, and then it was turning on me, um, because it wasn't fabulous anymore, and you know I was starting to to screw up in in all areas of my life, uh, really bad, and uh, and the fabulous sunk to a deep depression. And when you drink a lot, um, you know, uh, a lot of people don't realize or they forget that alcohol is actually a depressant, Yeah, you know? And so when you're drinking excessively, like I was like a silo of booze a day excessively, um, it sinks you into a, a grand Canyon of depression. And a lot of people, a lot of, you know, heavy drinkers, alcoholics become suicidal or at least want to, want to die or, you know, uh, because it's just, you're, the depression is so severe and so low and, you know, and just oh, blah, blah, blah. And all the problems that, that the, that the booze and have created, create more problems. And ugh. and so I bottomed out on a suicide attempt. Yeah. And overdose pills. And, um, and I went to rehab after that. And then I, um, when I came back and I started to slowly, Get sober. It took a few years um, to to really get the hang of it and being in in twelve step programs and all this. And um, 
and I guess after a year of being like totally sober, uh, I, I started writing again and I don't know. I mean, I had never forgotten about Eric. Um, but I, I feels like I started really thinking about him a lot when I was in rehab, um, and just wondering what happened to him and, and where he was. And, uh, and then I started writing uh, a memoir about my alcoholism and about growing up in, in Texas and, and, you know, it's half of it's Texas and then half in New York. And, and it's about my relationship with my mother and all this and darkly comic memoir and uh, called Dangerous When Wet, a memoir of booze, sex and my mother. Hence the, the subtitle says it all. That's what it's about. But and when I was writing about it, I, I wrote about. Um, uh, my, you know, f- relationship with Eric and that and and that and a story of 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 dumping him yeah. because because my teacher told me he was a sissy, and so when I was writing that, I wanted to. Then I really wondered. Obviously, I was because I was writing about him, and and I wanted to f- to get in touch with him to find out yeah. how he was and what was going on and what he was doing and what happened and to say I was sorry, you know, finally. To yeah, say, finally get to be able. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and also because it was like, wow. And I don't know that at that point, it wasn't like I, I thought he was the love of my life, the man that got away. He was more like the best girlfriend who got away, I think. Yeah, and um, I think it just, the, the importance of finding that person at a time in your life where there weren't any people who kind of saw you for you or let you be you, right? Like right, that's right. such an important person at that stage of your life to have. Oh, that. and another thing, I mean, um, after Eric, uh, I had other friends. Yeah, and um, and I had another good friend who I know ended up being straight, and he's a great guy. And we had a lot of fun together, but it was more like I would just I was into his stuff. Because we we were both kind of nerdy and 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 outsider kids, but I wasn't really that much into his interests. But I I feigned yeah. interest because you know it, yeah, it seemed friends. to make it work. <laughs> but point being that fr- from Eric, I never really found my tribe again until high school. Yeah. So from third grade until high school, and then when I was in the drama club, and then I found a couple of uh, uh, I found my people there. But uh, but but two in particular a, a guy and a girl who we were a trio and uh, but it took that long and that's what's so sad is like uh, to me about uh, that eric and i you know uh that our friendship was kind of nipped in the in the bud uh you know because it's so hard to find yeah the, your tribe in life like somebody who just mm. gets you at that level yeah. where you don't have to perform around them or you're performing to get like right. your performance is part of your fun it's yeah. not so much that you're faking anything but you're just getting to enjoy each other's company yeah without this weird it doesn't feel like until mrs chambers said something you were never in your head about what this dynamic was and who you were to each other you just got to like really fully enjoy being around yeah. each other yeah so when I was uh, writing and I, I wanted and I, I really wanted to get in touch with him to, to tell him I was writing this and, you know, and to also to, to run it by him and also see, find out what he was doing and all that. And in my mind, I imagined I like to think that he had channeled his talent for mimicking Endora <laughs> into, you know, a fantastic drag queen career. Yeah. You know, and and I don't know why, but I, I actually I do know why. Um 
having been a gay adult man for many years at that point and and having seen other uh, alcoholic you know men gay men like myself i kind of thought eric might have had gone the same similar path as i um and had his problems with alcohol and drugs i don't know but i just had this intuitive feeling that he might have had his issues with that as well and also one of my good one of my um high school one of those high school friends that i talked about that i mentioned he was a big drinker um and gay and um and i don't know not not which is not to say that i think all gay men are are alcoholics it's just yeah just an the extra ones thing that i know i know the the uh, i've seen the patterns and yeah you know and so i i tried to find him and uh i found went through facebook you know went to, went to facebook route and I found someone who I thought was a match, you know, looked about the right age and blah, blah, blah. And I sent a message. <clears throat> and, you know, in my mind, I thought, or my fantasy mind, was, as soon as he saw that, he was going to be like, is this Jamie Brickhouse for Mrs. Chambers class? Girl, call me. Yeah. And I would call him and we'd have one of those long phone conversations like we used to uh, on, you know, when we were kids on our kitchen phones, on our wall phones. And... um and I would say, "How are you?" He said, "Girl, I'm great. I'm a I'm a drag queen. I'm a sober drag queen." And I would say, "Really? I am too. Well, I'm not a drag queen, but I'm sober." <laughs> and and then I would say, "I'm so sorry for letting Mrs. Chambers, you know, nip our friendship in the bud. Actually, it wasn't even in the bud. She kind of chopped the tree down. Um, yeah, it had already flowered." And he would say, "Oh." honey don't worry about it we were just kids and she was just a small town bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't happen I, I didn't I never got a response and so I just you know I went on and and finished the book and a month before the the book was coming out I had connected with someone um, on Facebook someone who reached out to me who lived in Houston and Houston was near uh, about 80 miles from Beaumont. And at first I didn't realize, well, he had also been in Mrs. Chambers class. Oh, really? Had been a Mrs. Chambers classmate. And I was like, I didn't remember his name. And I was embarrassed to, to say that. And I, the reason I didn't remember him is because he was a she. Oh, okay. Back in first grade. Okay. And then when I found out, he, I was like, oh my God. And, and he was also a good friend of mine. Um, not as good a friend as yeah. Eric was, but it was also another outlier. And I think Mrs. Chambers was fostering a creativity yeah. in that yeah, class that, yeah. that she, <laughs> she, <laughs> that she didn't realize. That she didn't even realize or would have approved of, but she yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So anyway, we were talking on the phone and and one of us came, you know, Eric's name came up. And I said, well, have you kept up with him? He said, yeah. And, he, he, and I said, so is he a drag queen <laughs> yeah he said well no no didn't it? and i and also i imagined it, and so it turned out his parents divorced and mother moved to oklahoma and she ended up marrying some politician there and but eric was i don't know not as wanted in her new um, life is what I would I believe what I got and then he came back to Beaumont and lived with his father and, and older brothers and he said he never made it small I mean never made it far from small towns in Texas and Oklahoma he just kind of bumper cart around yeah. that area so he never got out like I did 
and which to me I thought it was I was it, it was kind of shocking to me because he was so fabulous yeah, that like I thought for sure you know he'd be at least in Houston time, or yeah. Dallas or you know some big city and never 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 found his way and he said you know he had a lot of problems with alcohol and drugs and I said really I said yeah I I, I don't know why but I I just I I kind of had that feeling and and so you know he was like me in that sense but he never got out you know uh, of that of that small town life unlike I did and and then he said uh this guy I was talking to he said you know he he I said, well, how is Eric? And he said, well, he, he killed himself. Oh, man. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, or at that time, I guess it was yeah. a couple of years ago. And I was just so devastated. And you know, on just so many levels. It was just so sad. And, you know, again, I was too late. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, if I had reached I mean, I don't mean if I had reached him two years, you know, a yeah, few years, yeah, yeah, it would yeah. have saved his life. I didn't mean that, but so much. I mean, although who yeah, knows? Yeah, just I like mean, showing but, showing up at his house but, when he had moved like that. But to have, have, you know, if I had reached out to him, if yeah. I had tried to find him earlier on Facebook or something like that, I'm, I, you know, maybe I would have been able to say at least I'm sorry for for the last words I said to him, which was, let me let you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and it's also the, the nature of... And I knew this at this point. It's like, why did, why did, um, why did I make it and not him? Yeah, you know, because and and that's uh, a lot of people, um, people, alcoholics and addicts in recovery realize how precious the uh, the gift of sobriety is because not everybody gets it, and and it and it's a roulette wheel. Like you really can't look at two people who have those issues, and you can't really predict and say, well, that person is probably going to make it because they have more money or more support or more or a better job or blah, blah, blah. It actually doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's just um, kind of random in yeah. its own yeah. way. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And it just, uh, just sucks that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you already said it, but just, you, you didn't get to say sorry or say anything. No. But every time I tell that story, it all, it's still, it, 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 it still kind of devastates me. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I speak about alcohol and addiction and about suicide and suicide you know, awareness and prevention and, and also the relation uh, between alcohol and drugs and how it can cause um, suicidal depression, um, uh, which sounds like is what happened to him. You yeah. Know? Um, uh, I think he ended up in a, in a trailer home and in a, this really redneck racist town um i'm like how did he end up there you know? yeah and and shot himself so um <sighs> but anyway I, I now you know i i tell his story um uh as much as i can uh to remember him and also and and to um and also um you know to kind of bring that awareness um to uh how fatal, you know, um, alcohol and drug, uh, depression can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so devastating. And also just like, I mean, this is such a, a smaller thing and in the grand scheme of things, it's so crazy how 
when you think about teachers and how much of an impact they can have oh, on your yeah. life, right? Mm-hmm. And and how that person led kind of like without meaning to set this whole thing up where you, you know, didn't get to have this important person in your life for so long of your life. And I mean, it just, it, yeah, it sucks that it worked out that way with like mm-hmm. this one aside that this woman said at one point in her life and probably like never thought about it again. And then how you've thought about it so much since then and, and just how much of an impact that can have on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, when I, in the short version of that story, she's, you know, it stands out as a, as a villain. Um, and in real life, she wasn't. She yeah, was a well-meaning yeah, like, teacher, but 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 she was also of a time and a you know at a place where you know she yeah. probably thought that she was doing you know that homosexuality was a bad thing and that it was not a life that and yeah. it's something that you could try to try to prevent. And she probably thought he was a lost cause, but she could say you know yeah, she probably exactly. saw it in yeah. me and thought, well, maybe I can I can save this one, but not that one. Yeah. <laughs> awful oh but, boy but and I, also i know that um uh, i'm friends with one of her sons who is a, a homosexual oh really <laughs> yes <laughs> man and i think she accepted it yeah yeah, yeah. so just yeah. the time yeah that yeah. time period it was just yeah. a much different uh world uh cool well thank you so much for sharing all that jamie um yeah i know you said you have this book that came out uh if people want to follow you or do you have like a website or things if yeah. people want to follow uh, yeah. you websites uh jamie j-a-m-i-e brickhouse my name jamiebrickhouse.com you can find out everything yeah. on there and on twitter same name and um instagram same name got and, it across all the platforms yeah and the books on amazon cool it's also an audiobook that i narrate cool well thanks so much for sharing again it was uh yeah it was really nice to hear it all Thank you, Brian. It was it was great just chatting with you. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.